Nathan, it's Joaquin. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm right, pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Cool, cool. Uh, th- we want to appreciate you for taking the time, man, to talk to us. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <clears throat> so, uh, what's life been like for you, man, in uh, this whole pandemic thing, you know? So, I've been trying to, like, kind of kind of give back to the community and stuff. I mean, obviously, like, my, my audience was pretty good to me. Yeah. Um, before Shelley's passed away from cancer, um, we got a lot of donations, and um, I was driving around downtown in Salt Lake, and I was on North Temple. This was a while back, and I don't know. I guess I guess you could say I was triggered, but I, I saw a homeless lady on the street, and she had um, she had like a chemotherapy infusion ball. Uh-huh. So I mean, she's she's out on the street, like having. A health crisis so once once i saw a couple of my friends uh my friend Cassinian, my friend wendy they they were out helping unsheltered people in utah um they were getting donations and blankets and all sorts of stuff out there and uh i i decided you know what i can i can probably pull down some donations and jump in and help out and I, I also saw the need of giving, giving the issue bandwidth because people's, people's tents are being like bulldozed by the, the Salt Lake County Department of Health. Yeah, uh, I saw. And it. I saw that. That's a shame. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was a horrible thing to watch. I mean, you've got, you've got like Salt Lake Police down there, just kind of making sure that nobody interrupts while the Utah Department of Health is enforcing it. And it, it feels horrible. It, I, I'm, I'm going to use the word because it's what it felt like to me. It feels like tyranny. You know, you've yeah. got, you've got like half of, half of the Salt Lake Police Department down there and they, they picked a politically like sensitive day to do it. There was so much going on at the Capitol, yeah. you know, potential riots at the Capitol. And they pull like, they pull half of their force down to enforce this health department abatement of Utah's unsheltered people. So it was, it was almost like they picked that day on purpose. Like, oh, everybody's distracted. We'll just do this now. And when I when I caught wind that it was happening with from some of my other advocate friends, I I decided, you know what? I'm in Roy. I'm going to drive down to Salt Lake, down down by the Sears building while this is happening and I'm just going to go live just to bring awareness to it. Like last time, last time I checked, like there was like almost 40,000 people that, that watched the video. Um, I think it's getting probably by now it's, it's probably getting upwards of about 50,000 people. So their, their little plan didn't, you know, work. Um, and the media is starting to, to notice what's going on too. I mean, they've, they've covered it in the past, but they, they did some stuff this, this weekend that was definitely no bueno. Um, they, they actually bulldozed a camp yesterday that a, a lot of people in the camp, um, have coronavirus. So 
now these people are out on the street with coronavirus. They don't have tents. They don't have sleeping bags. Their their clothing, their winter gear, that that all gets like thrown away. And then these people have to go camp somewhere else. So you've got people moving around to other camps and infecting other camps. And this, you know, this this could create another health crisis because we could have a bunch of people on the street that have coronavirus, which isn't, you know, yeah, it's not a good thing. Yeah, so was that that uh, Sears right there? Is that off of a, what is that, 200 East? I'm, trying, I'm not too familiar with Salt oh. Lake, but it's a... Uh... Oh, the old Sears building? It's, um, so it's it's on State or Main, so the east side okay. of the building is State Street, and the west side is Main Street, and it's um, in between, like, 7th and 8th South. It takes up the, the entire block there. That's a shame. I mean, you would want to think that, especially with people who have COVID, you know, you want to contain it. You don't want to go and spread it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's especially to these other camps, and you know, being sick on the street out in the cold, I could, I could only imagine, you know, catching the coronavirus and not having shelter, and then somebody throws all your stuff away, and you're you're already sick as it is, you know. So, it's, why, why is the health department um like destroying these camps? I guess for lack of a better word. So what happens is they're gonna they're gonna start um, looking at little factors. Once they once they can justify a teardown by by things like they'll, they'll say, well, people are people are like defecating, you know, um, um, yeah. the people are like throwing needles around. So that's that's when the health department usually steps in, or if there if there's people like if there's graffiti or anything that goes on like that, the, the, the Salt Lake County department of health is going to use that for an excuse. But here's, here's the problem. It's, it's, it's such a complicated dynamic. You're, you're going to, um, have, have incidents. Like if you're out in Salt Lake and you're homeless, some of the convenience stores lock their bathrooms and they don't, they don't let, their homeless patrons go into these bathrooms. So it's like, where are these people supposed, supposed to go to the bathroom? You know, it's like they, they don't have a choice. Um, and I know in some incidents, um, like with camp last hope, that's like a big camp downtown. Um, they, they actually brought in toilets for them. Um, some, I'm gonna. I, I do believe it was Talia Keys, um, from from what I understand, that got somebody to bring some porta potties down there, which is amazing. Um, yeah. That's that's incredible. It's it's needed, and I think um, they've been doing a really good job of keeping the camp clean, which which helps because that's once once the Department of Health has that excuse, they're just gonna come in and do an abatement and clear the camp. That's a shame. That's a... Maybe when I, when I saw... You know, I was kind of just skimming through Facebook and I saw, you know, that you were out in the community and I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, like, I know a lot of people say that we need to help with the homeless, but few, few many people actually, like, act on it, so... 
when I saw that, and I saw that, you know, you were having people donate to you through your Venmo and all that, so I think it's pretty cool what you're doing, man, honestly. Right on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, to be here doing it, and there's, there's so many good people out there doing this effort right now. Um, and then my, my girlfriend's been amazing, too. She's, like, bargain shopping, setting up Amazon wish lists. She's, like way more organized than I am. Yeah. So she's, she's been knocking it out of the park with a lot of these things. Um, and just finding great deals on stuff. And, and she's, she's been doing amazing with communicating with, with some of the people on the street too. Um, I, I think that's, that's very important too. That's, that's part of the, the entire experience is just talking talking to these people um we don't just want to throw food at people and run you know that yeah. that happens mm-hmm. that happens a lot and we we don't want to do that we want to see what these people are going through address their needs get to know them and like we we've, we've started developing friendships and building rapport with some of these people and that's that's so important you know i when you, when you're on the street and you have nothing you know it's it's a horrible thing. You're, you're not feeling human. People don't want to talk to you. People don't want to interact with you. And I, I, I've had an experience where I socially detached, you know, I, I was a caregiver and I didn't have a lot of social interaction with people. So I, I, you know, I see the need to communicate with people that have been isolated and some of their stories are amazing. It's just incredible. And then, and it's it's also an educational experience you you start you start seeing why people become homeless i mean i i know a lot of the reasons but everybody's circumstances are unique and you're going to you know you once you start talking to these people you're going to you're going to find out what they need how they got where they are what you can do to help and then my friend wendy's been providing great social services for these people connecting them to harm reduction programs getting them off of heroin helping families like you know get get through struggles like this together like health struggles and whatever it may be so um that's been incredible and then with my my girlfriend's like communicating with with some of these unsheltered people um we've learned that milk is just very much appreciated on the street Mm -hmm. and every time we go down there she she's expanded on that um the first time we're like okay um my my girlfriend's like let's cruise up to logan and go to gosner's and get this shelf stable milk so we got like chocolate milk and strawberry milk and they loved it on the street i think the, the the chocolate milk seemed to be more well received than the strawberry but some people like the strawberry milk and then by her talking to some of these people she found out a lot of them were just munching on cereal but people have dental issues on the street a lot of people are they're struggling to go in and see a dentist and some of them have you know broken teeth or whatever it may be so milk is just gonna be amazing like for you know, to add to their cereal or just a drink. So that, that was, uh, that's, that's what I kind of focused on this week. I went back up to Gosner's and I was able to buy like 
Um, oh, geez, I got two strawberry. And these are cases of 24. Um, wow. So I got like two strawberry and then two chocolate and then four whole milk. And then today um, I was at one of those, uh, you know, clearance stores and I found a bunch of almond milk. Actually, my friend that was with me, she she pointed it out and I'm like, you know what, that's perfect for people that are lactose intolerant. Yeah. So kind of want to try to think broadly about what people's needs are on the streets because I, I shouldn't drink milk. I don't really do it that often, but... Mm. I use coffee creamer occasionally, um, and I, I usually pay for it, you know, yeah. or or heavy whipping cream, or I make like a killer like homemade Alfredo, and I usually pay for it. So <laughs> so I do see the need for like coconut milk, almond milk, and then some people can't have almond milk because they're you know allergic to almonds. So. Yeah. So I, I, I do try to think broadly about what what could benefit people and so so everybody has a chance to, you know, kinda get get some of these items and that's cool man. I, I appreciate the fact that you're like uh humanizing, you know, like I mean yeah, a lot of people, you know, they're homeless and you like you said, you wanna know why, so you're building rapport and relationships with them. It seems like people just tend to just uh walk by or not give people the time of day to talk to them to really get to know why they're in the struggle that they're that they're in whether it be like financially with this whole covid situation or you know mental health or whatever it could be so that's pretty yeah it's it's human connection is such a big part of this It, it really is um and you know, I, I realize that more and more as, as we go out on our weekly drop. We, we try to do like a, a Sunday night drop every week and we we get together with about 10, you know, 10 cars, sometimes more. And we just go out and pass stuff out. Sometimes it's only five cars. But but yeah, the human connections aspect was, has been just, just incredible. Um, and... I realize right now we need that now more more than ever, you yeah. know, now more than ever because with the coronavirus everybody's been isolated. Like I I remember how crappy it felt when after my wife passed away and I had been isolated quite a bit as a caregiver mm-hmm. and then I'm like, you know what, this is gonna be like this is gonna be my summer. I need to go out, I need to dive dive into some self-care and just go out and do some things and go see some live shows um, just so my life, you know, had a little bit of normalcy again. And then all of a sudden everything's locked down and I'm like socially isolated again. So that it felt horrible. And I could only imagine what some of these people are going through on the street because of all of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's, it's been crazy, man. I mean, this whole this whole COVID situation, like, I had it, I had it last year. Like, when it's uh-huh. around, I want to say, like, June, I had it, and then I lost my job that I was working at ever since I moved to Utah, so just trying to, like, get back into the swing of things, trying to get unemployment was, like, a, it's like an act of Congress, man, trying to do that, and then trying to find a job, and then... 
Yeah, it's just, it's been tough, you know, and I was, like, finally, finally, you know, able to, like, find a job, but it it messed me up, and then I we know a lot of people who who have COVID or who had it, and then it's just kind of weird to see everyone's, uh, I mean, it's really, like, destroyed some people. I mean, not too many people that I know, but I, I mean, I know there's some people here that are, like, losing their houses, losing their livelihoods, losing everything, yeah. and... <clears throat> it's kind of cool like I saw um, I forgot it was like maybe a, f- a couple days ago I saw that you uh, you shared your girlfriend's uh, post and she was like calling out basically like a lot of Salt Lake City members mm-hmm. yeah I was like that's pretty cool man like that girl's got some guts that's, that's awesome I mean cause it's true I mean like they're saying that they really care but I mean at the same time it's like why are you destroying all these people's uh camps and stuff at the same time it's yeah i don't know i mean this especially right now with all this crap going on in the political world you know oh yeah and i mean that's none of that on the street has even been like relevant it's like it's crazy like we don't Excuse me, sorry, I just didn't help food. I'm I'm stuffing my face while while I'm talking to you guys because I haven't uh, eaten today. But (laughs) um, anyways, like, yeah, like the the it it is a political issue, but we don't know where any of these people on the street stand politically. Yeah, some of them don't even care, you know. But but yeah, it it comes down to leadership right now. you know, this, this stuff is happening on, you know, the, the, the mayor's watch and, you know, it's hopefully, hopefully she's gonna work with us on a solution. Cause that's, that's what a lot of this is. It's, it's a lot of like, that's, that's where it gets kind of politicky. So, so yeah. my friend, Wendy, that's been doing a lot with this effort. As far as I'm concerned, um, she's kind of leading the effort. She's very humble about that when I tell her, but it's, it's, it's kind of cool. This, this circle of friends, we just kind of mutually admire each other. She, she admires me for my work in, in, uh, you know, cannabis. So, but she's been out just doing amazing things, providing social services, contacting people, um, getting yeah i i I won't dive into some of the accomplishments too much but um she she did run for house of representatives a while back and she's also like a state delegate awesome and this this is where politics come into play because she's a delegate and the delegates that's that's who's gonna eliminate you yeah Mm -hmm. like when when i ran with zach moses Mm -hmm. We got we got eliminated by delegates. Um, so so once your delegates start flexing and when they're influential and they're pushing back on you and they're saying you know what <laughs> your leadership is lacking, you you see results. You see people standing down. You see them letting you get away with things that normally you can't get away with. And that's that all comes down to privilege. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'll admit I have privilege. I see it. I can get on Utah satire uh-huh. and I can get people to get involved. Like 
and jump in and help me. I, I realize that privilege and I, I will use that privilege if it's going to, you know, if, 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 if I'm able to achieve things like this and make the world a better place by getting people involved, that's great. I'm, I'm going to use that privilege. Um, now me running for office, that also gives me a little more flex, even though that was very short lived mm. and I'm blown away that we took second in the party. That's that's pretty cool. That pretty Wasn't cool. on my bucket list. I hate politics. I've always hated politics. Um, <laughs> as a first time voter at 43, and I did that because of Prop Two. And then we all know what happened to Prop Two because we've had we had that conversation on the last pod- yeah. podcast. But um, I think it comes down to the point now where yes, we got screwed on Prop Two. But now we need to start talking about political accountability. And if people are dropping the ball, we're going to let people know. And we're going to try to encourage people to vote against them. Um, I'm actually involved in a a PAC now, a political action committee with Zach Moses. Um, So we're we're now like able to flex a little bit more and we can – you know, you, you can start like targeting seats and stuff with a with a political action committee. So um, it, it definitely is a flex and it's just basically us calling them out. And I think we need that. We need more political figures and public figures and people that have influence just to step out and say, you know what? This is wrong. You guys know it's wrong. Do something about it. You need to act or we are going to actively work against you politically. Yeah. And that's, I I think we're going to achieve great things with that. Um, I would rather have them jump in and work with us. Um, I would rather not make memes about them and troll them. But, you know, I'll I'll, I'll do what I have to do. And... Um, I'm going to do what I have to do with the pack and it's going to be one of these things where we have a lot of political action committees getting involved and start to go after seats when, when we do see crappy leadership in Utah, but I I would rather find common ground with some of these politicians Mm -hmm. and try to get them to address the problem. And we've seen them bending a little bit. There's, there's a few things that we've been getting away with that we couldn't have done last year. And that's, that's just all about the, the, the flex, you know, and us using that privilege and bringing light to it too. Um, you know, this, I, I remember when I first heard about an abatement happening and people were so pissed off about it. It, it was actually up in Colorado, the, the Denver Police Department. I don't even think they had the county health department involved. Just the cops rolled oh. up and started throwing people's sleeping bags away. Wow. And it was like brutal cold. And I... I remember how disheartening that was. And then I start seeing it happen in Utah and I'm like, whoa, this is, this is kind of getting a little bit personal, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. this, this is where I live and this, this affects people that I know and love. And, you know, I've, I've had friends reach out to me and they're like, Hey, you know, one of our friends is on the street in Ogden. Right. And I, I didn't even know that. 
And then another friend reached out to me and thanked me um, because she's been living in a car for a couple of years. I, I didn't know that. So this this is very personal. This these, this is our families, our our neighbors, our our loved ones, and we we can do better. You know, we can we can do so much better here. Yeah, definitely. That's why, like you said, you know, we have to uh, hold the people who are in charge accountable if they're not doing what they say they're going to be doing. So I do respect that, man. That's pretty awesome. What was I going to ask you? So, like, with all that being said, like. I was telling you, you know, before we started this podcast, um, you know, I know the last time we got, like, we got into it, you know, we asked, you know, why do you, you know, why do you do what you do? And you told us, you know, your, your story. So, like, with, with, I guess, with all this craziness going on, like, what do you do just to, like, ease your mind or just to kind of get away, if you want to say that, to just kind of... Um ease yourself you know i've been trying to dive back into music a little bit more um and that's been kind of easy because my my girlfriend plays guitar and she's got an incredible voice i'm trying to talk her into expanding on that a little bit but yeah she it's it's kind of cool because she's really supportive with you know me playing music and i I would love to get her involved in that process and just do it together. It's it's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my big thing right now is just music or just just basically doing nothing. Sometimes just I don't know. Everything's a lot better than the last time you guys talked to me because yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, my yeah. my world was pretty upside down, and and right now it's like I'm still pretty tore up and I have a lot of trauma but um but yeah just just basically immersing myself in anything in in creativity like Mm -hmm. making memes writing um you know I'm I'm kind of diving back into web development a little bit I'm going to start building websites so I'm I'm a pretty like creative person so if if I'm creating I'm happy that's good. You know, and yeah. I, I've also found that if I'm if I'm serving others, I'm happy. You know, just, just letting go of everything and just just realizing, you know, what the world isn't about me. It's, you know, it's it's about everybody. We're we're like we're a collective. But I, I don't know. I I just really I'm loving just serving others and being able to help people and just uh, I, I just value human life you know like yeah. everybody every everybody matters you know everybody out there like um, and that's that's the thing like I've I've had people throw shade on this that what what I'm doing right now oh you're just you're helping and enabling drug addicts and I'm like you know what these people they're human beings they yeah. matter you know exactly. these people matter too and like I, I I don't care what what they do with uh, you know with the sleeping bags or the tents yeah. as long as it's staying on the street I don't care you know yeah I saw some um, I saw some dumbass comments like that when I was looking at one of your posts about, you know, how you guys were able to pick up all these different types of, uh, you know, things like sleeping bags and food. And I was reading some of the comments and 
it kind of sucks, man. Like, just to see that some people think like that. And like you said, you know, like, okay, like, as long as that stuff's being used for what it's going to be used for, you know, whatever. Like you said, you don't care. Just yeah. you're trying to make a difference. And you, you just said, like, you realize you have privilege, but you also have a platform. So if you're going to use that platform... Yeah. it's gonna work and yeah you're gonna do it you know and uh yeah i mean i yeah, don't know just, some people could be heartless man i was reading some of those comments and i'm like I, I mean i don't know like these people live i don't mean i don't know where the hell they live but i'm like you guys are you guys are dicks dude like i'd be ashamed if i knew that person <laughs> like yeah yeah i i feel the same way about all of that and sometimes it's just these these people i guess life hasn't humbled them yet because I, I know better than anybody how quick life can humble you and just your world can be turned upside down in a matter of, I don't even want to say days. Like, your life can change in one second. Dude, like I mean... One thing can yeah. happen. Like, you could be driving down the freeway and, you know, like my, my brother-in-law, um, he had a box truck cut over four lanes and go over the top of him and he had to learn how to walk again oh wow and i mean just just little things like that in life every you know it's life is very like simple if you think about it because mm-hmm. everything is possible you know you never know like one one moment can just change everything and it's it's a very humbling experience you know i I had a success, successful business. I had, I had, you know, my bills were always paid up way, way, way in advance because I was doing good. So yeah. I'd pay my bills up and every once in a while I could go take a vacay and just, just do all these things. And then, then the next moment I'm like, wow, like chemotherapy is like a hundred thousand dollars a month, you know? <laughs> No, nobody can afford that. So, yeah. yeah, life life can humble you, and nobody's exempt from this. That's that's what that's what I'd like to put out there because people obviously think they're exempt from this, and it, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I I have a big house and a nice car, and I make like I make six figures a year, and. You know, it's like something like cancer comes along. Cancer doesn't care. Cancer will take that all away. And those six figures you make a month, that's you're gonna burn. You're gonna burn through that in a month or two. So, exactly, yeah. um, you know, and that's that's the thing. So when people talk like that when they're online and they're, you know, they're on their high horse or their purity pony, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Um, it can happen to them too. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like, I mean, I sure as hell don't make six figures, but like COVID, you know, and like, I mean, I don't have, I didn't have cancer, I don't have none of that stuff, but like, like you just said though, you know how your bills used to be all paid ahead of time. Like, so, so were mine. Like, I was fine. I was able to enjoy myself, and then like literally, dude, COVID hit, and I literally felt it like within. A few days, like, I lost my job, got behind on a lot, and, like, yeah, like, it's, uh, you could literally be fine one second, the next second, like, boom, like, your world, co- yep. your world comes upside down, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but. 
Yeah, people don't realize that, and they don't they don't realize that people can change. I've yeah. changed. You know, I I I used to be like a tight ass and very frugal, and I was just I was all about me. Yeah. And you know, the, those days are gone. Like that, I'm not even that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I've I've seen people just turn their lives around. I've I've got a friend that's like she she used meth for for a lot of years and she was an alcoholic and she ended up like overdosing. Wow. And it was on her dealer's floor that she, she overdosed on I guess she was on a cocktail of a bunch of crazy stuff. And he was just going to let her die because he didn't want the cops and the paramedics over at his house. And now this this friend of mine, she she's been clean for what twenty? I think it's been over twenty years. Actually, I'm going to say like twenty five years, just wow. ish. And she's one of the most successful newborn photographers in the state. Nice. So I've, I've watched so many people turn their lives around. And then, you know, I've had friends that have died because of meth. You know, one of my friends killed my other friend. Um, and it was over 20 bucks. So I've seen, I've seen all aspects of addiction. I, I grew up in addiction. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very personal to me. But I, I know that... I know that people can overcome it. So just for people to get all judgy, they, they don't get it, you know? Exactly. And I, I, I had friends and family members that were judgy about cannabis. And these people, like, they, <laughs> they're popping oxys and Loratab and Percocet and whatever they can get their hands on. And they're like, they're, they're buying it from other people. And then they're getting judgy about cannabis, you know? Okay. They, and, these are the same people that, you know, are sitting there. Oh, you're you're enabling drug addicts, and it's like, you know what? You need to like check yourself, you know, because <laughs> um, you don't realize what happens when you get cut off or you can't get opioids, and you're in that weak moment, mm-hmm. and you're just desperate, and <laughs> that desperation is might lead to you going out on the street and scoring heroin and putting a needle in your arm. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen it happen to people. I've seen it happen to people I love and it's, 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 it's a horrible thing, but you know, that's, that's the thing. That's life. Life will humble you. And next thing you know, you're, (laughs) you know, you're, you're trying to walk in somebody else's shoes and that may have been somebody that you were, you know, you had a negative opinion of, or you were getting judgy about it. So it's, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff in my 45 long years, you know? <laughs> well, I was say, um, what is, uh, it's kind of cliche, but I guess what's your, uh, what's your goal or what's your, like, uh, what's something you want to achieve for this new year after this shitty ass, 2020 um right right now like um there's there's things i want to achieve with you know some of these projects i'm working on Mm -hmm. um but 
I'd like to record an album, you know, do, do yeah. some solo stuff. I, pl I play a lot of instruments. I don't play them all good, but like last time I counted, it was like 26. Wow. Um, yeah. Some of them I would absolutely not do in front of anybody. <laughs> like get me on a trumpet or a cornet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that in front of anyone, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would like to do like maybe a solo effort or a collaborative effort and just, just get something out there um and finish some of those music projects that i've kind of got they kind of got put on the back burner because of uh because of just my life's experiences so i i was actually collaborating with the um, danny bradogian um the the keyboard player from parliament funkadelic and a local guy named uh Terrence Hansen does this really cool dueling guitar thing. And this uh, dude named Jose Perez, like incredible drummer. He uh, played like Ozfest. He toured the world with System of a Down because he was in a, a band on Serge's label. Oh, wow. And I've, in my storage shed, I've got tracks from these guys that we started working on. And they go back to like, some of these tracks go back to 2008 yeah. and circumstances for all of us just kept pushing this project back. So I'd like to finish that stuff, you know, just find it, dust it off, um, do my thing on it and get out some of the stuff that I did finish. But yeah, that's, that's on a personal level. That's what I'd like to achieve. I'd, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to travel. I'd like to go see some shows. Um, I I want to go to the ocean as much as possible. Nice. Um, I think my girlfriend needs a vacay, and I think she needs some ocean time. So I want to try to try to make that happen. And I don't know, just just dive into some self care, and you know, I'm I'm finding happiness again, and it. it it took a while but that's that's good man because you have to you have to find some self-care because like even though like you know when you we first like started talking to you and like you know like we can't be here and be like oh yeah you know like we really know him like i mean because we just met you but like we could tell you know and I, and like we get it you know unfortunately you know you lost your wife and so we could I could just hear it in your voice just talking to you on this podcast opposed to that first one we did. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, I, it's good to see you, like, it's good to see that you actually, you know, you have a person who, like, knows your trauma and, you know, she's there to help you and she has similar interests in, with you, you know, so I'm happy that you're finding some self-happiness, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a incredible, um, unintended experience you know um i i wasn't even like really trying or looking and just my friend kind of you know she's like hey i think you might be ready you know put put yourself out there and it, it was difficult and scary and terrifying and you know it's uh but just amazing and incredible you know i haven't Oh no, I haven't been this, this happy in a while. And I've like, I've had to go through a lot of trauma, but it's, it's amazing having somebody to, you know, hold that space for you and just, yeah. just let you go through it and realize that you're messed up and you're not perfect. And 
just just being there and you know walking through it with you it's it's incredible and it, it takes like being a widower it takes a really special person to be able to dive into that because it's 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 very complex and i i do i do have my issues and moments but yeah everything's everything's been great and i i don't know how i'd be getting through how heavy everything is right now mm-hmm. without this you know yeah that's that's good man because i mean i'm not gonna lie to you like the first couple months, man, like, with this whole COVID crap was, like, real tough, like, because I remember, like, the first few months, like, the first two, three months, like, do you remember when everything was shut down and there was only maybe, like, two cars on the street? And those yeah, cars, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, and then, like, I remember the, so, like, when this first happened, I remember, like, I, <clears throat> I was just, like, I don't know why, man, but, like, I was depressed and I was, like, you know what, well, I need, I need to go, like, I, I need to want to walk, so I drove my Jeep up to, uh, what is that, Enzyme Peak, that, that hiking uh-huh. trail above the Capitol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I'm from California, so, like, when I hear people here talk about traffic, I'm like, eh, there's not really that much traffic, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> but I mean, like, I don't know, I thought I was, like, in The Walking Dead or something. There was, like, nobody on the road, and I remember I just, like, drove up past the Capitol, and I could see, like, the entire valley. I could see to the Salt Lake. I could see, like, I don't know, man. It was just insane. And there was probably, like, one other person on the hiking trail with me. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about, that's when everybody was going crazy for toilet paper, you know, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, it was crazy, man. Like, I was just, like, literally, it shut down, like, overnight. And I just remember how little people were out and then just how lonely it was. It was so quiet. You know, so I, I give you kudos, man, because I remember I would see your posts, you know, and I get it, you know, like you were busy and I would try to reach out to see how you were doing. I remember like, I think I was saying like, yeah, we wanted to go out there and like, you know, probably have like lunch with you or something. And that's when COVID hit. Yeah. And uh, then after a while, I saw that, you know, you were, uh, was it door dashing that you were doing? Yeah, I, yeah. So I started doing that and that's, that's why... <laughs> that's why I know like how zombie apocalypse it yeah. was out there like the roads were so clear I'm like this is like Utah without all the idiot drivers you know it, yeah. was, it was it was amazing but I noticed the air was clean too and I'm oh, like yeah. this is like Silent Hill without the little kids with scissors <laughs> yeah. and the inversion you know it, it was it, it was kind of creepy it, it felt like the zombie apocalypse yeah and it, it it was weird. It was like just a trippy experience. Like I I was doing this Beto's order. Like, I'm like, you know what? Like I'm I'm done with my my window cleaning business. I had been doing it thirty years, and my daughter was telling me, Dad, just go DoorDash. So I jumped in my little my little hoopty, my little uh, 2001 Ford Focus, and I just started cruising around and. I like got home and I told my daughter, I'm like, you can make like a grand a week doing this. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm just not that ambitious. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. Then my little hoop D started falling apart and overheating. And 
um, the, the cooling fan sensor went out and I'm like, I don't even have time to change this out. I just got to go make money and pay my bills. So I like ran a speaker wire to my battery just to kick the cooling fan on, just totally <laughs> ripped it. And, um, I just kept going and then my car just started. Um, I, I mean, I could have like brought it back and wrenched on it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to work on a car i mean i'm i used to love it when i was younger i hate wrenching now yeah. i'll do it if i absolutely have to or if i can save me a ton of money but uh yeah i so i just i kept door dashing and i went and bought a new whip i got like a 2019 jetta r-line and it's just been amazing um i spent a little more than i wanted to on a car but I've, I've been happy with it. And then I just, I kept up the DoorDash thing. But the thing that was like kind of hilarious is I dropped a Beto's burrito on this dude's porch one night <laughs> and he texted me. He's like, dude, like, is the guy that's like running for Lieutenant governor? Did he just toss a Beto's burrito on my porch? Like at 3am. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just, I'm just a regular guy, you know? And he's like, bro, you're like one of us. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like, that's, that's why I jumped in. But I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a funny, like weird experience. And then I did lift for a while, which was kind of sketchy because of the Rona. And I had to like sanitize my car and like, yeah. put a mask on. And I, I did that for, for, for quite a while. And then I went back to DoorDash because it's way better money. I mean, you can make like 65 grand a year DoorDashing. It's, it's nuts. Like the full-time guys that go out and do it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like your own little business. It's, it's a temporary solution for me. Um, and it gives me a lot of freedom. Um, my bills all get paid. You know, I, if I start struggling, I just go out and work more. So the gig economy stuff is really cool. And plus it, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it kind of like keeps you humble when you're like running for office too, you know, even, yeah. even though like, like I said, that was short lived, but, um, it was kind of funny too. We talked about me door dashing in the, the convention, you know, the, the little process. Um, so, and it, it kind of made like Chris Peterson, like whip out the, the humble card too, because I was just in this convention thing telling everybody, you know what, I'm just, I'm just a regular dude mm -hmm. that's gone through some crap. And I, I felt like, you know what? That's what we need in politics. Even though I know I don't have a chance in hell, I just want other people to know that it's okay if you if you feel like the system has failed you, and you can just be a regular guy. You can be a Utah meme lord. You can be whatever the hell you want. Yeah, exactly. and you can go out and you could run for office, and win or lose, you did it. You tried to you tried to change things. And you know what? Like, I'm I'm not going to complain because we kicked ass. We took second. I don't know if it's something I would ever do again. But Zach Moses did an amazing, thought-provoking TED, TEDx talk in Ogden. And I went to that, and it was incredible. And then, you know, I... I got that, that little Forbes piece. Mm -hmm. I was in that, which was amazing. That was like very cool, but it, 
it wasn't just about me. There was other people on the lawsuit. There was, you know, Rocky Anderson, Christine, like Andy Talbot, Doug Rice, everybody that was on that, that cannabis lawsuit, the, the Prop 2 lawsuit, mm-hmm. they needed to be in there. So, um, you know, I, I talked to the guy that wrote the piece, and I'm like, hey, can we can we talk about this entire story? And, you know, it, it was incredible. So... Zach got mentioned, our pack got mentioned, and that that actually gave our pack a little more teeth, you know, yeah. um, just because it ended up in a Forbes piece, and and we were out tearing stuff up in Utah. I, I think we've we've changed a lot here by just not being silent. And Rocky was incredible on that, and everybody on the lawsuit was just incredible. And we we did have a victory. We took down the central fill, but there's you know there's still some ugly stuff going on with the cannabis program that needs to be addressed, and a lot of corruption, and a lot of that's coming out. And I got to uh, help expose some of that, but there's you know it's it's not over yet. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say um. Because you guys, you and, uh, you just said his name. I feel bad. I just forgot it. Moses. You you guys even went down to uh, St. George, didn't you, during your... Uh, oh, yeah. Zach uh, Moses. So, yeah, he's um, he's like, hey, do you want to go down to... Uh, so, we went down to uh, uh, Dixie State University. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was for the launch of the the Southern Utah chapter of uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, cause I remember. I think you were. I think you were actually talking about that the last time we were talking to you. Like, either you were just about to go, or you just came back. No, you were just about to go. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and I remember like I think I was driving around, and I saw your guys as a like you know the campaign little posters for. Uh-huh. And uh, Jesus, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I remember I saw Kazarian and Moses, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I took a picture with it. And so I was just, right like, I was, I was just in front of some random ass guy's house, and he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Don't worry about it. I just need to your sign." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah, he's probably all scared. Like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, "Don't worry about it. I need to buy your sign." He's all right. I'm all right. I'm like, yeah, so. that that was a cool experience going down there, and then. Um, then there was some people down there. We we talked to a little bit of the local media, and then we got invited over to uh, this. Uh, it was like a Bernie Sanders event. Okay. And Zach was there, so they're like, "Hey, you know, like, uh, you want to speak?" And he got up there and killed it. And at the time, like, I wasn't really like like intending on running with him you know was something he was trying to talk me into but but yeah it was as cool it was a great experience going down there and we we hit a little bit of a snowstorm on the way back but, or crazy yeah it was i think it was snowing i was gonna ask you so what's your uh more or less how do you, how long do you think it'll take for like marijuana to be legal here? Um, I I think we're heading in that direction, but um, I don't know if you saw that article I posted today about um, how heavy the the 
you know, state legislature is mm-hmm. dominated by the church as far mm-hmm. as I think they said like nine out of ten or something yeah. like that. It was some insanely high number. But that that makes it complex. But what I've seen is like so some of the people within the church mm-hmm. are actually heavily invested in cannabis and it's um some of them are like secretly invested, but it's uh it's it's kind of like the DABC in Utah. It's like they they don't agree with it. They don't want it here, but they don't. But if it's going to be here, they're going to make money off of it. Money so, off of it yeah. But they like their money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I I see it going in that direction on on a federal level before that was to happen in Utah. Uh-huh. But um, once that happens, it's it's going to be something that Utah is going to fight. Until the end, you know, it's like it's, but I've I've seen a lot of stuff here that's pretty like manipulative. Um, It's like they're almost trying to, so, so hemp, hemp is legal now across the United States. The, um, the, the department of agriculture said, you know what, it's okay. You can all use hemp now. They, they passed the laws and everything, but it's like, yeah. it's like Utah is yeah, trying to pull nasty. hemp back into being something that's regulated. Wow. And under control of like pharmaceutical companies. And it's, it's just so ridiculous. Um, they're making these hemp farmers burn their crops. If they're, mm. if they've got a little bit too much THC in them. So now you've got you've got this push, and I'm sure it's coming from Utah Patients Coalition. I, I guarantee it's like coming from Utah Patients Coalition for Delta Eight THC. So so we're talking like THC that's derived from from the hemp plant, and there's this big push to to pull it into the medical program, but it's. I, I think it's just all about like manipulation and just pulling everything back in. So there's there's all this state control and all these regulations, and it's like we just decriminalized hemp, and now we're trying to regulate hemp again because because Utah. That's the only <laughs> thing I can yeah. say, you know. Um, and I- Idaho was pretty ridiculous about it. Idaho is very draconian with their, with their cannabis policies. Um, yeah, it's, it's sketchy up there. They, we, we called it hemp gate because this, this driver was like running a load of hemp through there and they took his semi, they took his hemp Wow. and they put him in gel over hemp. And once they, once they realized it wasn't, you know, the devil's lettuce, (laughs) They keep the guy in jail. They hypocritically sell his hemp. And then they keep the semi under the clause of civil asset forfeiture. So it's, wow. <laughs> this is like, this is crazy. It's like the Idaho has a Taliban too. You know, there's, yeah. there's the Utah Taliban and there's also the, the Idaho Taliban. But yeah, it's it's so crazy. I, um, I just because yeah, I saw that they uh, excuse me, like with this last this previous you know the selection that you know I guess we just voted for uh, the fucking Idaho and here, but like Arizona just passed uh, 
you know, like their laws with uh, recreational, re- recreational and mm-hmm. medicinal use, and then I think Wyoming as well, and then so did South Dakota. But I, it's just like insane that all these states around us, around us, you know, have the benefit because like cannabis does like specifically like you know, for like you know cancer patients, you know, with with you know with all the stuff that they go through, you know, they have all these tests that prove that you know cannabis does help with you know there's their condition and I just I don't know how these assholes can be so like closed minded and they they're over here saying that it's the devil's crab but yet they're over here making money off of it and it's fucking Utah man it's just I don't know Utah yeah pisses, it's yeah it's pretty insane like uh yeah like I mean everybody goes out of state as it is to buy liquor and all lottery tickets exactly we've, we've got all this money just pouring out of utah like, and it's still happening with cannabis because the prices here it's like most your average like human being doesn't like have six hundred dollars to drop on an ounce and when we're talking about Jesus, what it takes really? for, a, for a cancer patient to medicate with um with cannabis with FICO or RSO, which isn't even available here in Utah, we're talking an astronomical amount of money. Like my wife, before she passed away, she was like, she was medicating hard. And we're, we're talking like two to four ounces of dry sifted keef per week. Whoa. And we're not talking grinder keef. We're talking about slamming down a pound and just running it like through a sieve and knocking the trichomes off of it. Wait. So it's 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 an astronomical amount of of flour. Wait, um, wait, Nathan, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're you just said that they're so here in Utah, like they're charging like six hundred dollars for an ounce. Yeah, up to up to six hundred dollars an ounce. Yeah, that's wow. that's been what about the going rate. That's insane. Um, we need people to troll them on pricing. We just need people to Jesus get on their pages Christ. and be like, you know what, your prices suck. Fuck, I'll do and, it. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it. For, fuck yeah. That's insane, man. Like for I'm, one and one. I'm to the point where if they don't budge on this, I know the percentage that they can swing on this thing. I know like how low they can go and still make a profit off of it. So like, it's know. pretty ridiculous. I haven't dropped that yet, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they keep, they keep like screwing around. I'm going to, I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to be like, this is how much profit they're making off of you guys yeah. off of one ounce. I remember... they, they sell it in these little, like what? Three, <laughs> three point, uh, 3.8 or 3.5 grams like you'll have to forgive me I'm a little bit tired but no, that's okay. yeah these little containers and the, the packaging is very environmentally irresponsible um it's it's just stupid Jeez. like I don't it's, know like how you were saying uh you know how everyone already goes outside of Utah to get like liquor and their cannabis and it's funny because this one time I was at uh I was at Wendover and you know how sometimes, well, I don't know if you know, but so usually with the place I used to work at was like an old folks home. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the the people from the wards would come and they would like come out on Wednesdays and Sundays for the, you know, services, sacrament, whatnot. Uh-huh. And, 
you know, you get to know these people because you see them those two days out of the week. And I was in Wendover, and I saw one of the the people from the ward, and they were bitching at me. First, they were bitching at me about my tattoos, and then they were bitching at me about, like, why do I, like, you know, like, oh, have you ever gambled? Or have you thought about becoming, like, an LDS member? Like, ah, nah, you know, thank you, but, nah, I don't think it's for me. And then yeah. they're like, oh, so, like, their RV, and they would just go down and throw down on the slot machines and stuff. So I actually made a meme about it. I just put Sandra Bullock walking through the casino, and then a bunch of people off of the, the Bird Box movie or whatever it was, mm-hmm. just walking through the casino blindly, not recognizing each other. Yeah. But, yeah, that that goes down, down there all the time. It's just... I know, hypocrisy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I mean, I would like to talk to you a little bit more, man, but I, I know you're tired. You just said you're tired, so I don't want to keep you up if we're keeping you up, man. Yeah, yeah, you're you're good. I got, I got a few more minutes, and then I can wrap it up. But, okay. But so has stuff got better for you, like, job-wise, or just is it kind of... Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, it, it took, it took fucking, it took several months, man, because I kept, yeah. run, I kept running into these damn jobs that were that would hire me, and then they would tell me like, oh, well, you know, just a heads up, like, you're covering for somebody who is on like COVID leave right now, or you're covering for somebody who's on maternity leave, and I'm like, fuck, man. So then trying to like, try to find a job again, and then waiting for the like the compensation from uh unemployment because mm-hmm. like i thought this whole time i was like okay cool like when i quarantined it was like two whatever it was like two weeks when this first started mm-hmm. so i was like i was hoping my job at the time would have paid me and they didn't and then i come out to i come to find out when i'm trying to get uh covid tested that they fired me. That's why I didn't have any insurance. You know, they they fired wow. me. Yeah, they they let me go while while I was uh quarantining. So I was pissed off, man. I was just, I was like livid, and then I finally found a job. I work right here at this uh, this youth center right here in West Jordan with you know mental health with kids and stuff. So oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. So. I'm not gonna lie, at first it was kind of tough, man, because you know, it's something totally different from what I'm used to doing. Yeah. But, you know, you get used to them, they get used to you, so it's cool, man. You know, I'm trying to, if I can make a difference in one of these kids' lives, try to help them out with their treatment, it's a win. Oh, yeah, that's that's very, like, very rewarding work, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, that, I mean, it's it's gotten better, man. You know, I'm trying to financially just get back afloat and, uh, I mean, while we we took a hiatus from the podcast, man, for like fuck, I don't know, like six, six seven months, months yeah. late last year, mm-hmm. like we didn't do shit, dude, and people were still listening. I don't know how, I don't know why, but they were, and uh, uh, so we were, we just kind of, you know, we talked amongst it about about ourselves that, you know, we were able to get so many people to listen to it while we did it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like half ass, you know, we we stopped. So we actually like wanna just <clears throat> do this thing like full speed and uh Yeah, I mean during that time off though man, like 
We were just we were just drinking, dude. Like just trying to trying to act as cope with all this bullshit. You know, we met people who lived in the same apartment complex as us, and fucking it, it probably wasn't a good coping thing. But we were just drinking on a daily yeah. basis, man. And I was like, okay, like after. I don't know, maybe some normal people after a week would be like, hey, this is a little too much, you know? No, yeah. us, us after like five months, we were like, okay, this is a little bit much, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we were like, eh, maybe, maybe we should slow down, you know, and be civilized adults and do something more productive with our time. But, uh, yeah, for so- sure. I get, I get that, though. Like, it's... It's been stressful on everybody. I know it's been stressful on me, but mm. I've just just been powering through it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, we're just trying to hopefully, you know, this year everything's go back to some, I guess, normalcy, you know. Yeah. And like you know, we can actually like meet up and you know, cause remember the last time you yeah, were talking. Yeah, that, that would be way cool. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. And you know, I remember how you were talking about how you like to cook and all that, so. And we're actually trying to, like, get a little business kind of, like, catering thing starting up with uh, Mexican food. Because, I mean, yeah, Mexican food's cool out here, man. But it's, uh, you know, oh, fuck it. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Like, it, yeah. It, 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 it there's, sucks. there's a pretty little uh, legit Mexican bakery up here that's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like, I, I'm going to ask my girlfriend really quick, what's the name of the Mexican bakery up here? Jackamelli's. Yeah, like if you're if you're ever up in Brigham, roll by there. Um, I I actually got some. Uh, they just randomly got on Facebook and were giving away free uh, trace leches, and I I flew over there. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Like, oh, yeah. re- really impressed. And they they had a dude out front with a little cart uh, doing tacos al pastor, and oh, it was really? just. Yeah, man, because, like, we were trying to... Shit, we can do. I don't know, like, you know, like I said, like, when I first moved out here, man, and I'm like, okay, man, I need some, I need some tacos, I need some legit tacos, and, you know, these, these fucking, these little kids tell me to go to this damn taco time, so I go to this taco time thinking I'm gonna get some legit Mexican food, and and I just see this, I just see this little 15-year-old kid with braces, and... He calls me sir. He calls me sir for the first time, and I'm like, God damn it! Like, my well, well, this is what I wanted, but I was like, thanks, kid. It's not your fault. Just walk out. Yeah, have, have you had any places here that have like kind of impressed you? Uh, we had this one spot in uh, Rose Park called Santo Taco off of 900. What is that? 900 West. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. 900 West in uh, Te- North Temple. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's it's by the 15. It's right off of the 15. And the first few times, man, it was really good. Like, it actually tasted like a spot from back home. Mm-hmm. But lately, it's kind of been a little bland. Um, yeah. There was this one spot. I don't even know if it's still there. It's up in, uh, I think it's Ogden. It's called Maria's. Mm-hmm. That place was good. I've only had it once. So I don't know if it's still the same. But that pot, that, that spot was pretty good. Right on. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, all these other spots, man, like... That was it? It's only like, what, two or three? It's only like two or three of them, if yeah. that, dude. And all the other ones... I mean, I, I fucking suck at cooking, and I, I could have made a better taco, you know, so it's... Yeah. yeah. 
Like, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. We had La Frontera. La Frontera. Yeah, we had La Frontera the first time I moved out here. And uh, I don't know who rolled the burrito, man. I don't know. But it was, <laughs> it, it was terrible, man. I was like, who rolled this? And this little girl, she's like, oh, you know, so-and-so. And, like, it was even a Mexican cook. It was some guy named Brad. I was like, fuck. Okay, like, that that, that explains it. That's fine. Like, my one-year-old's gonna roll it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been cool, though, man. But other than that, you know, like you said, we're trying to, trying to just muster through it. Trying to power through all this negativity cramp. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I think that's all you really can do. Exactly, man. But, that's, that's another thing I've been doing, um is cooking i i took a major like major break from it um and i was throwing down a lot um you know before my wife got diagnosed and then like after you know she she was like fighting i was i was cooking for her but then after she passed away i was just i was just too depressed and i i found myself going out to eat a lot and really treating myself like crap, you know, just, yeah. uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm getting back into it. Um, I'm, I'm really out of practice. There's, there's some things I was nailing in the past and I feel like I'm kind of screwing them up as of lately, but I'm getting there and getting back on track, but yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. Cause that's what we were just doing right now too. Like before we called you and, we try start, you know, we're trying to, like you said, we're trying to start like a little catering thing up. So we're like, okay, well, how about we just start cooking and actually trying to make food, make food and make it good. Because well, if it sucks, at least we can tell each other like, hey, this sucks. Before we have someone else tell us this sucks. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I I don't know if they're still doing this, but when the when the Rona thing first popped off, I know the I do believe is the Utah Department of Health. They were letting people go through the course to get serve safe certifications uh-huh. for free. Oh wow! Which is kind of cool. And like mm-hmm. when when you run like a food cart or anything, mm-hmm. um, you do have to have that yeah. that serve safe certification. So it's a little bit more extensive version of a food handler's permit. Yeah. Because I, I did buy a, I bought a. Um, food cart at one point in time it was like a a lemonade stand and uh my son-in-law and i went in on it and then my daughter divorced him and we'd like yeah we had we had drama and just it Mm. never never happened but i was gonna go in and get my serve safe certification and all of that but we were gonna do like legit um hot chocolate and coffee and then like some pastries and then just kind of expand from there. Oh. But the, the, the hot chocolate was like really frou-frou kind of like some little bit of a South American style to it. Like oh. with the, with the ancho chili in it melting down like cacao and like, you know, ro- roasting like the cocoa beans and all of that stuff. And, yeah. Man, I was going to say, if you want, if we can do a, uh, some sort of fusion, uh, Armenian Mexican right. type of food and we'll, we'll <laughs> that take, would be cool. Yeah, we'll take Utah by storm, man. People, right. you know. So, so I don't know if you know this, but uh, tacos al pastor. Uh huh. That it was it originated in like Turkey, which is 
um, you know, right, right next to Armenia. And there's actually parts of, uh, Armenia that are now Turkey and stuff, but that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a long story to go into right now. Uh, but anyways, like these Lebanese, uh, so in Lebanon, like Beirut, Mm -hmm. it's like this cultural melting pot. There's like Iraqis, Saudis, like Armenians, Turks, so some Lebanese immigrants brought um, shawarmas to, I, I do believe it was to like Spain or, or Mexico or something. And tacos, tacos al pastor was originated, but, wow. but yeah, read, read into that story. And then, then like actual tacos. I think they originated in caves from what I understand. It was people that were working in mines or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that one, but I, I read a few articles and I was kind of diving, diving into that a little bit that um, these people that were working in mines, they wanted a, a, a way to uh, eat cheaply. So, and that's like the perfect way, like tacos, it's it's one of my favorite things because you can feed a lot of people with very little meat and you know and plus you're mixing like veggies and like you know um this stuff like that and there's there's different variations i i like catfish tacos that's one of my favorites but i gotta go catch my own catfish so it's fresh and but with cabbage and a little bit of mango peach salsa on it, like homemade mango peach salsa, it's just, it's pretty divine. That sounds pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty good. I'm hungry again. <clears throat> yeah, maybe that's what we should do, like, when, you know, when the Rona stuff's over and we can all get together and just throw down, like, some tacos and, like, do oh, different, yeah. like, variations of tacos. And then I'll go catch a couple catfish. Shit, we'll go with you, man. I've been wanting to fish, so yeah. I mean, if oh, right on. Yeah, yeah whenever, I, I miss that too. Yeah, that whenever, was kind of my zen thing to do. Whenever you're up for it, man. I mean, like yeah, we said, like how you're saying, you know, when all this crap kind of seems to settle down, if you're yeah, I mean, we're up, we're totally game, dude. Yeah. So, right on. It'll be cool for sure. But uh, I know you're probably busy, man. You know, we want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, it's good to hear from you, man. I'm good. I'm good to hear that you know you're in a better place than the last time we talked and uh yeah it's awesome talking to you guys again too and thanks for having me and i look forward to yeah cool, checking man. out the episode i know i'm kind of rambly tonight but nah, nah, i nah. i already did like a a thing at northern reality today my my friend lt's got a a very very nice like studio and we did we did just a little chat thing we went into his studio like uh Christine Stenquist and I and we we just talked about what we've been doing out here on the street. She jumped in too and it's I think it's amazing. Like nice. we we need Yeah, no, that's why I was telling you, man, like I the last one, you know, was more like I was trying to, you know, I don't wanna say get to know you but well yeah, fuck yeah, it was. Like we yes. we wanted to know, you know, why you were doing what you do and that's why I was telling yeah. you like, hey man, this one we'll just we'll just talk, man. Because I know after a while that shit must get fucking I don't want to say annoying, but you're, it's like you're on repeat, and I don't want you to feel like that, you know, just, I want to let you talk, man, so just talk, you know. Right on. So, but, no, man, like I said, we appreciate the time, and uh, 
I'll be, you know, I'll hit you up, man, and, you know, see how you're doing. And uh, if you need anything, dude, I know people say it, but just, you know, let us know, man. Okay. Okay. S sounds good. Yeah, thanks again, guys. Of course, man. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.